0: Welcome to the Harvest Centre.
1: Harvest Centre.
2: The Harvest Centre. The
1: Harvest Centre.
2: The Harvest Centre. The Harvest Centre.
1: The Harvest Centre. The Harvest Centre.
2: The Harvest Centre. The Harvest Centre. The Harvest
3: Centre. Welcome to the Harvest Centre. We're glad you're here today. Good
0: morning. Good morning church. Nice to see you all here. Uh, today is a, is a wonderful day, you know, we, if, he, if he, you're here for the first time, you know, and you probably came in the car, in the car park and you've seen some pools there, you're wondering what's going on, uh, we're going to have a baptism service, which is something for us, a reason to celebrate, you know. Uh, you know, the Bible says that in heaven when someone, you know, gives their they give their life to the Lord, they, they haven't rejoiced, and I can picture uh, that heaven is rejoicing today. As you will see, you know, uh, people just, you know, taking this next step in their journey of faith. Um, and, you know, we, the reason why we do, you will see probably all kind of adults people. I use the word adults, but there is not really an age. But what I mean, we baptize people that they know, uh, they've taken a conscious choice to follow Christ. Uh, they've given their life to the Lord. They've taken this um, a commitment before God to follow Him. Uh, and that's why we baptize people who can make that decision, Uh, and and we will have some tremendous time. We will have a possibility to hear as well uh, from some of them. Uh, They will come and share their testimony. Uh, Some of you who are getting baptized knows about it. Uh, Others, you know, you didn't know. Well, you know it now, but only if you want to, yeah? It's like, you know only if you want to don't do not feel forced uh, it is a joy to be here you know in Christ we are all new are new creations you know second Corinthians says that we are made new in Christ and if you're wondering what does it mean to be made new in Christ is that we can have a relationship with the God who created all things. The God who knows us, you know, uh, from the depth of our hearts, the depth of our mind. He knows all what's going on in our life. We can have a relationship with him because Christ died on the cross for us. And I think this is just, just this reason should be a reason for us to rejoice today. Amen. So we are, if you're in Christ today, you're not just yourself sitting in a chair in a nice building, but you are a new creation in Him. You, Christ has made you new. You have been reconciled with the Father. So as we worship today, you know, keep this in mind that it's not just you. You are a new creation in Christ. Christ has paid the price for your sin. You are a child of God now. Why don't we all stand? Let's just uh, uh, open our heart and uh, as we spend some time in worship... Let's uh, remove from our mind all the uh, things that are um, an obstacle, things that are, you know, burdening your hearts today. If you're here and you've got some worries in your mind, you know, uh, I, as we said last week or a couple of weeks ago, just unload these things uh, in front of the cross of Jesus. You know, live at the cross of Christ, all your worries, all your problems, all your burdens, because He is here among us. The Bible says or two or three are gathered in my name. I'll be there. And the Holy Spirit, He's among us. And He's ready to transform our life. He's ready to speak with us. He's ready to minister to us. And He's ready to touch our life in a personal and in a deep level. So why don't we just, you know, open our mouth and just give, let's give thanks to the Lord. Let's say, thank you, Lord Jesus, because you deserve to be worshipped. Come on, raise your voice. and say thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, because we are a new creation in you. Thank you, because you pay the price for our sins, Lord God. Thank you, because we can have a relationship with you, God. Hallelujah. We praise your name. Lord God, I pray for, you know, for those who are going through a difficult time. Lord God, I pray that you will touch their lives today. Lord God, I I pray for the people who may be entering the church for the first time today. Holy Spirit, I I pray that you will minister to their lives. Lord God, we, we thank you. We worship you today. You are wonderful. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. Yes, our desire is is this morning for you to to take us deeper, Lord, in the knowledge of you, in a relationship with you, Lord God. We want to know you more, God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you for your presence among us this morning. We thank you because we can stand here and worship your name. We thank you, Lord God. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Please do take your seat. Um, can you hear me well with the mic? Yeah. Okay, so, oh, by the way, today we're, we're having some, we've got some guests, well, we've got a lot of guests around, you know, among us. we have got two special guests. We've got Colin and Sue. Uh, they are here with us. Yes, we are. We're gonna hear from calling as he's gonna share the word with us this morning, and uh, you know they they came to stay with us for the weekend, and uh, thank you so much uh, for driving and coming to, to you know to be among us. It's an honor for us to to have you here. Yes. I I I I just love personally you know when I people who are further on in the journey with God, further than me, I just love spending time with them and having them around me. It's just because it's, uh, it's such a privilege to to observe them and to learn so many things. And I know we, all, we have different people in this church on a regular basis who are further on than us, you know, uh, my generation kind of age. Um, and it is an honor to to have you among us, and it certainly is an honor to have you Sue and, and calling as well. Uh, among us. Uh, now, I'm going to do the notices today. They're going to be very briefly and short. Um, first of all, after the church, we are going to have a, a church lunch, church barbecue. So, uh, we're going to uh, roast some uh, burgers and sausages, and uh, we've got some other food that uh, all, you all very kindly prepared for us today. So, you can stay, uh, you know, after church, even if you haven't brought any food with you, we do have usually enough, more than enough, in fact, we always end up, you know, with some leftovers. So, just, you know, please do stay with us. Uh, don't worry if you haven't bought or brought with you anything. Uh, you're welcome uh, to join us. Um, and, and that's going to happen straight after the baptism service, the baptism part of the service. Uh, the second thing um, I wanted to uh, kind of, uh, you know, share with you today. Uh, about a couple of weeks ago, uh, our Ukrainian friend got in touch with me, uh, Pastor Sasha from uh, from Ukraine. Um, And, you know, he has been regularly in touch with me. He has been regularly sending me updates uh, on, you know, the wonderful things that they are doing there. Um, And uh, he got in touch with me and um, basically he shared with me uh, the situation that they are having there as they uh, are now facing next winter. And, of course, because electricity and oil are running low because of the geopolitical situation that is affecting Ukraine right now, Uh, First of all, they are switching the way how they heat up um, their premises at the church uh, from oil, I think, to uh, pellets, uh, which is quite expensive. And as well, they need to buy all the pellets that they need for the winter. And they're buying it now because it's a bit cheaper to buy, but still it's quite an amount of money for them. Um, So he shared his art with me. And uh, about one year ago, you know that we already found raise for them. We raised about 1,800 pounds that we sent there. And they use this money to do uh, something amazing, uh, a, lot of, a lot of wonderful things. Um, so what I thought of doing that, for the next four weeks, uh, we will, you know, do another fundraising campaign, not just in the church. I'm sharing with you because, of course, you're part of the church, but as well, you know, with the town and, you know, we'll try to go public. And we will try to raise as much money as we can so that, that in five, six weeks' time, they can buy this pallet and they can switch the... Uh, their heating system and also think that um, it's not just for them as a church they can they can enjoy a, a sunday service that is nice and warm but consider that their premises are constantly open They had people sleeping there, people who lost their homes because of the bombing. They've been sleeping in church, especially at the beginning. Now the situation is a bit improving. Um, But, you know, they they have people who who sleep at night in church. They they do food bank every day. They give, you know, they do so many things with kids and children. So when 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 we are raising money to help them out, to warm up their building, it's not just about to give them a nice and warm Sunday service, but really to support the wonderful work that they are doing. Now, is, it really uh, is amazing, you know, what they have been doing. You've seen some of the images in the videos, and we will try to promote this video out there as well. I'm not going to tell you how many take I had to do. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was, uh, yeah. But, you know, it's like I, I know that, you know, we are we are constantly into giving it towards something, you know, as a church. You're very generous. and uh, But isn't it wonderful to share what we have with those who are in need? It's just, you know... Uh, I think it's not just um, an appeal, but it's almost like uh, uh, we feel compelled as children of God to share, you know, what we have with the people around us. So if you would like to donate, you can either do it like, you see, uh, like you've, seen, you've seen it from the website, or you can put your a cash donation in an envelope. You just write Ukraine, and uh, we will know uh, where to allocate the money.
3: Let's try again. Well, praise the Lord. uh, We're going to tell you all about Uganda in a couple of weeks' time. And Steve is going to show you the dance he learned while he was there. So it'll be worth coming just to see that. (laughs) But it's a joy. It's always a joy to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? It's always a joy to be with friends. If you've sort of got a joy, you can show it, you know. It's always a joy to be in the house of the Lord. It's always a joy to be with friends, especially friends you know and trust and love and respect and people who have proven themselves faithful. And I think that's always a good test, you know. It's easy to do a good talk. It's harder to walk a good walk. So as Samuel has already said, a man who's proven, behind every good man is a good woman, But A man of a proven record and a good friend to this church, to us, to Samuel, to the whole thing. So, it's a joy, it's a privilege, it's an honour. Give honour where honour is due, we honour you, Mr. Colin Cooper.
4: Oh, there you go. (laughs) This church has grown since we were last here. I would think you've probably... Uh, doubled since we were here last year. So this is, you're doing a great job. And you and Anna, brilliant. And you two guys must be so proud that you've all those years you've labored and you see what the Lord's doing now. What a joy, eh? What a joy. Great stuff. You guys, amazing. Well, I'm just so happy. There's uh, how many people are here for the first time? Just, you are Oh, well, let me borrow your mic. I'm, I'm going to sing Yankee Doodle No, no So where are you from? Uh, Bedford. Bedford. That's the rich area, isn't it? And what's your name? Andy. Andy. Well, it's great to have you with us, Andy, this morning. Anybody else here for the first time? What are you grinning at? <laughs> well... Hi, yeah. What's your name? Has she not got a name? She hasn't. Lana. Wow, Lana. Actually, can I have that hat? Can I have that hat? No, man. Kids are mean today, aren't they? A Ukraine. You know, I've been going to Ukraine for twenty years, and uh, we read in the news. Oh. Live of, Oh. And also we travelled all over Ukraine. Every year we go. Bless you. Lovely to see you. God bless. What are you laughing at? Who are you? I'm Jonah. Juna. Jonah. I'm Juna. Juna. Oh Gina. Why don't you talk Russian? Then I would understand it better. My name's Gary. Gary? Yep, Gary. Are you rich? I wish I was. Well, I'm so happy to see everybody. Everybody's looking at me and thinking, I hope he doesn't come here, aren't you? I know. Well, listen, this is a great day with a baptismal service. I better give this back, because when I've got it in my hand like this, I want to sing... Give me the moonlight.
3: <laughs> you know, I won't do it. <laughs>
4: you do it. We don't deserve it. So I tell you, the a baptism service is fantastic. Let, I'm just going to give a couple of scriptures, and I'm going to chat to you. Can we have the first one up? Look at this. And this is, "Welcome to the Harvest Center." I love that name, Harvest Center. What do what you want. Camera. It? Oh, it's live stream. I hate being on camera. So, can we have that first scripture up, guys? Is it coming? I'll have to revert to something original, like reading the Bible. Alright. 1 Corinthians 2, basically says this. If the rulers of that age had known what they were doing, that's crucifying Jesus, they wouldn't have done it. And you see what's happening, you see, with a baptismal service, and the second scripture is, let me tell you this, it's, oh, see, if the rulers of this age knew, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. And then the second uh, scripture is this one, if you could put that one up, guys. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 12. That's not the one I wanted, but it's an amazing scripture. <laughs> it's, It's the one that... Moses, oh, there! Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going off the camera. It's the one that Moses, when he passed through the Red Sea, it, he went through with a whole group of Israelites. And then it says the sea closed behind him. And they cut off the old life, and they went into the new life. And it says, that's what you're doing. You're going through just like Moses, and the, the, you go through the waters like Moses did, and then it closes behind you and it's a whole new life. Isn't that fantastic? But if the rulers had known what they were doing, they wouldn't have done it. Can I have a chair? Look at this. You want me to have two? (laughs) So, what was happening at this time? Satan, there's a real Satan, there's a real Satan and he's out to devour people. But Satan, you see, he didn't know what he was doing. And so he was on his throne. This is when Jesus had been crucified. And he'd been put on the cross and he was dead. And Satan was on the throne. <laughs> he's dead. He's dead. He's <laughs> And the tables were spread in the caverns of hell. And there was food and banqueting. And they were playing music and dancing. He's dead. And the spindly hands of Satan were clapping and jumping. He's dead. He's dead. (laughs) And as they were celebrating. Jesus is dead. Dancing, leaping and jumping. Suddenly. At the bottom caverns of hell. A light burst into the depths of hell. And this light came, and all the little demons that were dancing and leaping and suddenly stopped and gazed at this bright light. Suddenly Satan, who was on his throne, fell back, terrified, because in to hell walked Jesus Christ. And the Bible says this: He proclaimed, he preached. But not the gospel. He heralded. And really said. It has been completed. And he looked at Satan. And said Satan. You are finished. You are called the morning star. Now I take that title from you. And I am the bright. I'm the morning star. You are the ruler. Now I take all that away from you. And I am the ruler. I am the king of kings. And so the bright light, as Satan sat there trembling, as Jesus proclaimed. You know what happened next? Satan sat on his throne fearful. And Jesus, such was the power in the depth of hell, knocked Satan. Ah! Knocked Satan off his throne. And you know something? That was forevermore. Satan was defeated. Satan will never rule again because Jesus says, Now it is finished. And you see, when Jesus went down to hell, the Bible says, Then he came back and ascended. He was three days and three nights in the grave. And on the third day, he rose again. And you know, you who are getting baptized, it's the same principle. You were dead. But now you have come out, and you're alive into a whole new life. And I tell you, it's the most exciting journey you can ever be on. Satan is dead. You know, I don't worry. I, you know, I talk to so many people. I'm so worried about this, and so, I'm worried about AI. You know what? Generation Z, their biggest worries is the AI. Did you know that? In half of all Generation Z, right now, they're afraid. And You know what they're afraid of? They're afraid of life. Because it's the first internet generation ever. No, nothing else but the internet. And they're afraid of life. And 50% of all Generation Z's, these are young people, have, are afraid. And you know what they're afraid of? They're just afraid of life. And half of them have all contemplated suicide. What a generation. But I'll tell you something. This world does not worry me. The, the shaken, the economies don't worry me. Why? Because Jesus said, listen, I am in charge. And my life belongs to him. Now there's a scripture let me put it up. Listen to this. John 3, 16. This is a... V- I'm giving you well-known ones because I want to go somewhere. God! See, he went down into hell. To set you free. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So you wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. And those who know Jesus, Jesus says, I've got you in the palm of my hand. He is your security. He is your protector. And this is the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no need to be afraid of what's happening in the world today. Because he's the king. He's the Lord. He's the ruler. And he controls everything. And I'm secure in that. And if you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, you are missing the greatest life. I'm not telling you your problems will disappear because they don't. But he gives you a security in life. So here it is. Listen to this. Here's another scripture, and you will have heard it so many times. But I want to just elaborate on it. John 3, 3. And it says this. A man or a woman, Jesus said. Now this was to the religious people of the time. You know, to the vicars, and to the pastors, and to all those who led churches. He said this. I say to you, that's to the religious... Unless one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So what's he talking about? And the man, one of the religious people he was talking to, said, What are you talking about? Do I have to go back into my mother's womb and be born again? Well, no, Jesus says, that's not what I mean. Now, you see, (laughs) you guys have got kids. But my son is not part of your family. Why is that? Because he wasn't born into your family. It's like Joe is your family. Because she was born into your family. And that's the same with the kingdom of God. See, religion, you're not a child of God. The Bible says so. Just because you believe in God, you're not a child of God. You must be born again. That means you are born once. See, my son, I love him. But he's a cooper and he can't be anybody else's family because he was born into mine. So you have to be born into, into the family of Jesus Christ. And it means this, you see, listen, if I asked you, are you a Christian? Most people here would say yes. But you know one thing I'm finding out? The more I travel and the more I see is I find people sit in church and they're not Christians, but they think they are. You know, they have a religious understanding. And if you said, well, are you a Christian? Oh, yes, yes, I'm a Christian. Well, what makes you think you're a Christian? Well, I believe in God. I'll tell you something. Satan believes in God. He believes him wholeheartedly. But he never will be a Christian. He hates Christ. But he believes in God. And just because you believe in God does not give you that transforming life. And what else do we say? Well, I go to church. See, going to church does not make you a Christian. And I find people sit in their seats and they say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they've never had a transforming experience of Jesus Christ. You know, there was a man called Saul who later became Paul in the Bible. And he was persecuting the Christians. He hated Christians. He hated them. And he would actually killed christians he would slaughter them throw them into prison god came into his life boom knocked him off his horse great blinding light and paul had a transformation when he realized jesus christ really is the lord of this world and he had a, a revelation of jesus christ So many sit in their seats in churches, they've never had a revelation of Jesus Christ, but they love coming to church. And you say, well, you know, I don't have that revelation, but I I wouldn't hurt anybody. What I mean is I've never robbed a bank. I've never murdered anybody. I wouldn't do anybody any harm. Well, you know, if you are to get to heaven and not go to hell, you have to be perfect. Did you know that? Now, would you put your hand up, everybody here, who is absolutely perfect and you've done nothing wrong in all of your life, give me a wave. You've just fallen from perfection by that lie. So so anybody else now? You're absolutely 100%, would you put your hand up? You've never done anything wrong in your life. See. Do you know what you're actually saying? I'm not perfect. Yes, I've done some things that are not right in my life. Well, even one little thing, one little thing, that stops you getting into heaven. You know why? Because you're imperfect. And nothing imperfect can get into heaven. Nothing. And that's what the Bible says, For all, 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 all have sinned. And that's to have you ever told a little white lie? That's a sin. Have you ever got angry with your wife? Hmm, do you know my brother? <sighs> I worry about your pastor emeritus, I really do. And do you know what? I've noticed one thing. I'm glad you're married because your wife, remember, this is rule one your wife is always right, always right that's rule one. Rule two, if any of you men think you might be right, you have to remember rule one. (laughs) So, my brother, I'm so glad you've got a balance in your life. So, imperfection is not allowed into heaven. Or, that's everybody from the pastor, the pastor, did you notice he didn't put his hand up? Did you see that? three Hail Marys and a hallelujah he didn't put his hand on because he knows he was imperfect so the bible says you've all sinned and you come short of the glory or the standards of God so well going to church doesn't make me a Christian believing in God does not make me a Christian trying to be good does not make me a Christian so what what is it what makes a Christian? You haven't had a revelation of Christ? And you've never had that revelation of blinding blind. light? See, I remember, I can't remember the exact date, but I remember the time I had this revelation because I came out of a non-Christian, a heathen's home. But I remember when I had a revelation of Jesus and my life was transformed and all my buddies said, what's happened to you? I said, what do you mean? You're different. They saw such a difference because Jesus had changed my life. And that's what's happening with the people who are getting baptized. But I want to ask you, have you had this transformation? And you know, Jesus said this, I have come not to make you religious. You know what? The Bible says, basically, when there's a 99 religious people, God's like this. He doesn't get excited. About religious people. But when one person says, Jesus, change my life, I have done wrong things, Jesus, come in and I'm giving my life to you, the Bible tells me all the angels in heaven begin to rejoice. And you know, when one person says, Jesus, save me, and the word save, Me, means to save you from going to hell. Now I know it's not a popular subject. But Jesus spoke about hell more than any other subject. And you know why? He doesn't want you to go there. And the wages of sin, that's the wages of you've just said I've done wrong things, is death. That's permanent death forever and ever. Cut off from God. But the Bible says this. But, but, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. You see, you study all the religions of the world. Study Mohammedism. There's no guarantee you'll get the glory. If you do these certain things certain times, five times a day and try your best, it's possible you might get to paradise, but there's no guarantees. And you see, and if you study Mormonism, same thing. You study JWs, same thing. The only group of people in all the world who know they are going to heaven to be with Jesus Christ are those who know Jesus and they've become Christians. See, I know, I know, if I was to die now, see, I'm in my my mid-70s now, so that means I've had my three score in 10 years and I'm living on borrowed time, so I can go at any time, but I'm not afraid You know why? Because I know I'm going to heaven to be with Jesus, which is the best thing any man could ever wish for. You can have that assurance. You can know that if you were to die, Tonight, if the atomic bomb was dropped by the Russians and you were to die, you know that you're going to heaven. If you walk out of here and you, you, you just never know, that little girl who was killed because a car crashed into the school, you never know when your life on this earth will be up. So better make sure you know where you're going. And Jesus said, he is the answer. And he said, if you come to me, you know the burdens you've got? You've got, we've all got burdens. He says, bring your burdens to me. Bring those heavy loads to me. And he says, I'll take them and I'll help you carry those burdens and I'll lighten that load for you. I am so glad in this messed up generation, in this generation where people are scared, scared of wars, scared of the economy, scared of what people do. I am so glad Jesus Christ has me in the palm of his hand and you see when you're in church do you know what it is it's like it's forecast rain you can put an umbrella up and you're sheltered from the rain this is how I walk so don't laugh and you're sheltered from the rain put the umbrella down what happens you get wet the rain comes all over you it's the same when you're not in church with the family of God Because Satan, he hates you. He really does. Satan is not bothered whether you're happy or whether you're sad. He doesn't care. He just wants to stop you getting to know the beautiful Jesus Christ. That's all he's concerned. If you're happy not knowing him, he's happy. If you're sad not knowing him, (laughs) Satan's happy. But he stops you with every effort getting to know Jesus. And that's why he doesn't want you to come to church. Because church, you see, he fires outside these little arrows of problems to you. Arrows of burdens. Arrows of heaviness. And he fires them at you. But when you're with God's family in the house of the Lord, it's like an umbrella. And the arrows come and boom, boom, boom. They bounce off you. Listen to me. I was not grown up in a Christian home. I was grown up in a home where my mother was a witch and we knew all about the occult. We knew all about that kind of stuff, but I didn't know Jesus. And the day I met Jesus, it was the greatest day in my life. And this morning, I want to give you that invitation. And he says, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden. Are you heavy laden? Do you have those burdens? He says, Bring him to me. I'm telling you, he's the greatest person you can ever know. He said, And I will give you, listen to this, a full, abundant life. Man, when I look at my old friends, my old friends, and they laughed at me when I become a Christian. What? What? <laughs> you, you what? Chris, and they mocked me. We'll give you six months, and you'll be back with the boys. Well, that was over fifty years ago. And I look at their life and where they're at, and where, how they've ended up. And I look at my life, and I wouldn't swap my life for all the gold in the world. This is your day. This is your new beginning. But you know, Jesus will not force his way into your life. He won't say, get your arm up your back and say, you invite me in. Because he says, I want you to, but you have to choose. You have to say yes or no. And if you, you see, even if you say, what you can, oh, right, you're plotting. I wonder what you are. I thought maybe the mic was off or something. So I've forgotten what he was saying now. But this is your day. If you allow Jesus into your life, he'll transform you, he will change you, and you will never regret. That's right. My old friends, I wouldn't swap my life for theirs, for all the gold in the world. And that is serious. So would you like to invite this Jesus, the Savior of the world? He could save you from a lot. He saved me from a lot of problems. The problems I would have got into had I not known him, he saved me from them. And that's why he's a mid-70s guy, I'm as happy as Larry. Who's Larry? Anyway, whoever Larry, I'm as happy as Larry. And I know most guys my age, they, they're just kind of, they're different. Who don't know Jesus. But when you know Jesus, I mean, look at Ken. You wouldn't think he's 105. He's full of fun. He's full of joy. He, he's just a happy guy. Because he loves Jesus Christ. Would you like to invite this beautiful person called Jesus into your life? He says, all you have to do is call upon me, and I will hear, and I will come. That's, you see, it's so simple. You see, religion complicates things. Bow down five times, do this, stand up, here, do... Religion complicates things. But Jesus did not come to bring you another religion. Because there was many, many religions when he was around. He's come to give you life. And he says that you might have it full more abundant. And I'm telling you, He will do that for you this day. Are you ready to invite Jesus? Not religion. There's a difference. Religion eases your conscience for a while, but then it gets kind of boring and heavy. That's why you see people come and then they disappear, because instead of getting a revelation of Jesus, they get a religious kind of understanding. Coming to this church does not make you a Christian. But it's a good church to come to when you are a Christian. It's asking Jesus, Jesus to come and change your life. Would you like to do that right now? I'm telling you, it will be the best thing you've ever done. It's not being a Catholic. It's not being a Protestant. It's not being a Baptist or a Methodist or a Pentecostal. None of those things make you a Christian. It's not any other religion. It's only Jesus. He says, come, come, and I will give you life. So you know what I'm going to do in a minute I'm going to ask everybody I'm just telling you this so you know what we're doing I'm Going to ask everybody just to bow their heads and we're going to do something old-fashioned that is close our eyes and we're going to pray and I'm going to pray a prayer and what I would like is for everybody in here to speak it out loud whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian and if you are a Christian you speaking out loud will help those who aren't Christians. They're just religious or whatever. Maybe never had any kind of religion. But right now, we're going to speak out what I say out loud. But I want you to say it. If you're giving your life to Jesus, say this prayer to Jesus. Are you ready to do that? You know, he's the angels in heaven are right now waiting. Let's bow our heads. Let's speak it out. Lord Jesus. I have sinned. sinned. I've done wrong things. things. Would you change me? Would you you let me see you? you you? I don't want religion. I religion. I I don't want churchianity. I want to receive the life that you promised. I receive you, come into my life, change me, protect me. I put myself under your care. Here I am Lord Jesus. Now keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If you said that prayer and if you didn't say that prayer but you wished you had a I'm going to ask you right now to raise a hand, and the reason I'm doing that is because you can't be a secret Christian. The Bible says that if you disown me before men, then I'll disown you before my Father in heaven. So, what, right now, you be the first. Put your hand right up in the air. God bless you, sir. There's a man there. There's a woman there, and a the man over there in the middle. That's a third one, and a, another woman there. Fourth one. Where's the fifth one? Yes, Jesus. I want you, Jesus, come into my life. Where's the fifth one? Any more now? I know you're sitting in your seat and you want to do it, but you feel embarrassed. Well, listen, Satan will make sure you feel embarrassed. Because his A, B, C is anything but Christ. He doesn't mind you coming to church. He doesn't mind you singing songs and hymns. But he goes all out to stop you giving your life to Jesus. So join these other four people. Be brave. It takes a man. It really does. And it takes a woman to say, yes, Jesus. Where's the fifth one? Put your hand right up now so I can see. Fifth one over there, another man. Great stuff. Sir, you will never, never regret that. Where's the sixth one? takes guts. takes courage. Where's number six? I know there's always more because we get a little bit scared to do it. Come on now, where's that? I just know there's another one on the edge of your seat. You want to do it. Is there another one? Just before we close, hand back to the pastor. Holy Spirit, I pray the five people who put their hands up, they wouldn't get a dose of religion. But they'll get a revelation of Jesus Christ. Give them a revelation. Let them see Jesus transform their lives from this day. And I pray that they'll get a revelation on baptism. And so they in turn will be baptized to give their lives fully to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well turn to someone and say, God
3: is good.
0: Thank you so much, Colin. And uh, uh, those who raised their hands, uh, if you're wondering what next, you know, just approach us. You know, if you need a Bible, we'll be able to provide you a Bible. If you have any questions, just feel free to come to us, ask any questions, and, uh, you know, we will be, uh, make sure that we're going to pray for you, and we're going to help you out in this uh, journey as you decided today to start uh, this journey with Christ. Now, in a moment uh, is, uh, is the time to get wet for me, Ken, and those who are getting baptized. Um, so, uh, I know that some of you wanted to share your testimony. So, you're not, you know, I'm not, you don't have to. And kids, you can come back, yes. For, yes, let the kids come back in. So, uh, what I would ask uh, the people who are getting baptized, are doing, if you can come and sit just here at the front, um, so that, um, you know, we know who you are, just if you can sit in the first row, yeah, Aiden, you can come. Um, thank you. And uh, there you go. One, two, two, three, four, And Nikki, there you go. Are you, maybe, come on, someone can help. There you go. Five and six. Praise God. Oh, I'm so happy for you guys. Oh, my goodness. If I could only express what I'm feeling. Anyway, so uh, I've got six people who decided today to to seal their relationship with Christ uh, by being obedient to what Jesus said in the Bible, to, to be baptized for those who believe. And uh, but as well, you know, there is something spiritual in the baptism. It's just like whatever is in your heart now, whatever burden is in your heart, believe that the moment you come out from that water, you're going to be changed forever. Yeah, because God is good. He wants to bless your life. Now, those of you who want to share a testimony, who wants to start? You don't have to, but those of you who want to do that. Rebecca, you want to be the first. Yeah, um, so I go.
5: So uh, I was brought up in a Christian home and was taken to church from an early age. Um, So I knew all about God and the Bible. I went to Sunday school and Bible study. So it was a big part of our lives. And um, I actually became a Christian um, about age six. I asked God to come into my life and save me and forgive me for my sins. Um, At the time, I wasn't baptized as I was still quite young. Uh, And then when I got older, I went through my teenage years. I I became a bit discouraged. Um, I was bullied at school for being different and what I believed in. Um, And I guess I got kind of um, embarrassed by it all, and I I stopped wanting to go to church. Um, I became more distant and disinterested, and it seemed like God was far away from me, but really it was me that was far away. Um, And I I turned my back on God. I pushed him out of my life. It wasn't that I didn't believe in him him anymore. Um, I just didn't really want any part of it, and um, I, I wanted to do things my way. Um, as I got older, life changed again with work and friendships. Um, I, I reached a point in my life where I knew what I was doing was wrong. And I felt convicted about my lifestyle and the choices that I was making. Um, uh, thankfully, my parents, uh, my family and some church friends uh, never gave up on me. They witnessed to me. Uh, they faithfully prayed for me and encouraged me um, to go back to church, which I did. Um, and then there were quite a few times that I called out to God in different situations and asked for him to forgive me and help me. And it took a while for me to get to the point where I would really just choose God and give him control of my life again. Um, but he was faithful to me throughout, and he forgave me and restored me. Um, in 1 John 1 verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Um He has blessed me greatly and brought me through some difficult times and challenges that I have faced, and he's used all these times to draw me closer to him, and throughout it all, he has proved to me his faithfulness, his goodness, and his kindness. I know he has a plan for me, and all his ways are good. He will never leave me, and although I don't know what the future holds or what lies ahead, I know he goes before me, and he'll be by my side through it all, and that is the greatest comfort. Um, Some people have asked me, why now are you getting baptized now? Um, For a long time, I felt like I wasn't worthy. I was worried about what other people might think or, you know, think I was being a hypocrite. And I I found it hard to forgive myself um, for the years that I was away from God. But God kept reassuring me that it's not about me. It's what Jesus has done for me. He lived the perfect life and paid the price for me when he died on the cross. And I am forgiven for it all when God looks at me, he sees Jesus' perfect life. Um, So we started coming here to the Harvest uh, Center around October last year, and we feel so at home here. God has been really speaking to my heart. Um, I kept thinking about baptism, and I felt a growing conviction that I needed to get baptized. Uh, One Sunday morning, I woke up, and I really felt God say to me, you need to get baptized. And I thought, "I'll, I'll talk to someone at church this morning. And then during the service... Um, Pastor Samuel said that some people would come forward to ask to be baptized, and he asked if anyone else was interested just to let him know. And I knew that God was calling me to obedience, so I said I would like to be baptized too. So I'm taking the step to be baptized today and make my public declaration that I am His and He is mine. <laughs>
2: Hello. Is it on? Oh, um, that was really good, by the way. Um, I uh, was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, which is, um, as quite a lot of you know through discussions and some some of you, I'm sure, already knew some things about them. It was quite a different atmosphere in the they call it Kingdom Hall to what I experienced here. Um, I left when I was about 16. Um, to be honest, I didn't think at that point I'd ever um come into another religious atmosphere again because what it, it wasn't a horrible place or anything but a lot of the a lot of the things that they teach and the way that they look at the bible is quite different to what I would view as a loving god um so i guess i kind of tied every religion with the same brush um because i thought if that's the way they're doing it that must be the way everyone else is doing it um through speaking to other people that have been jehovah's witnesses since coming here and other religions as well i think quite a few people have experienced the same thing um but yeah so from 16 till about three years ago so about 24 i uh, didn't even think of god at all um i prayed sometimes so that's probably a bit of a lie because he was always still there but i never really had a relationship with god um and then through having gavin and jane martin as my customers. Um, I was cleaning their windows, and I heard of Jane over uh, overheard Jane speaking about God. So I asked some questions, and then as soon as they saw that I'd asked a couple of questions, Gavin and Jane wouldn't leave me alone until I <laughs> until I got down to church. Um, and yeah, to be fair, I've had quite a few ups and downs since. As in, it's not been straightforward, and. Satan has tried to pull me back quite a few times, and he always will. Um, but I do feel like I'm getting stronger. Um, something that I never experienced before, which I didn't quite realize until I came to this church, and it probably took me a few times of coming here to realize what it was, was um, when I was a Jehovah's Witness, I didn't really feel anything when I was there. The first time that I came here, I remember coming here with Elsie's mum, because she was a Jehovah's Witness as well, and we both got really emotional about it. Um, and we would never—neither of us had ever felt anything like this before, um, or we didn't really know what it was. And then a couple of times later, we kind of came to the decision that it was the Holy Spirit. And now, even if I'm here with Elsie and she's doing cartwheels in the middle or whatever, and I can't really concentrate, I still feel the Holy Spirit when I'm here. So yeah, I'm very grateful for God that He, he can show me this and feelings that I've never had before, and the way He's changed my life. Um, I was quite a selfish person before I think and I'm not perfect but I'm trying my best and God has definitely helped me so I've wanted to yeah get baptized for a little while now so I'm very happy to be able to yeah call myself a Christian and give myself to God.
6: Well hello hello Um, yeah so my name is Austin I'm from California I grew up there if you can't tell by my accent um, so yeah I grew up in a Christian home my parents they raised me um, bring me brought me to church uh, so I've had such wonderful parents they've led me here now uh, I made the decision uh, about almost five years ago to join the Air Force and then I moved here um, and that's been a wild pretty wild ride but it's good it's been good I um, God has definitely been watching over me uh, ever since I got here, because when I first got here, I wasn't necessarily living a Christian life or going to church, as you would uh, say, but he was watching over me even though I wasn't really focusing on God. Um, So yeah, I'm very grateful for that and very thankful uh, that he led me here to this church. And ever since I uh, first came here, I felt like this, you know, this has been a family to me, uh, the right place to go. I did go to Soul Church, and, you know, that's a great church, but here it's like a small community. It's very, very good to be around people that you can, you know, remember their names, talk to, um, so it's been good. Uh, Ken has had, Ken and Val, they've invited me to their home for a home group. That's been wonderful. Um, Sam, he's been such a great pastor here, and I'm grateful for meeting my wife, uh, Ashley. That's definitely something that God led me to because uh, without without God, I would I don't, would not have met Ashley. Um, her mom, Claudette, has been wonderful, inviting me into her home. Uh, four four years ago now, almost. Uh, so yeah, that's been great. Her grandparents, Ashley's grandparents, Tony and Pam, they've been wonderful. Um, I love them. They love the Lord even more, and that's wonderful. Uh, Such strong uh, figures of, uh, you know, followers of Christ. Uh, So now that I'm getting baptized, this is what God's calling me to do, and it is the right thing for me to do, and I want to live for God, live for Jesus, and speak his name out uh, wherever I go. People I meet, uh, new people I meet, even friends that I have had in the past. I want to share the name of Jesus with them, and uh, yeah, this is exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you.
1: So I'm sure a lot of you know me, been around a lot, (laughs) Um, and I started coming here with Nan when I was about six or seven, and I first gave my life to Christ when I was 15, and that was a really good experience. That night, I had a dream, but it didn't feel like a dream. It was just something like never seen before. It was almost the light of Christ. And I've been on the Alpha course um, the weekend away. That was really good. Um, The Holy Spirit really came to me at that moment. And I believe I've been called to be baptized. I've been through the Alpha course, I've been through the First Steps course, and I believe baptism is the next step for me. So, going ahead and doing it and uh, being brave. So, thank you for all the support and everything, and be a really good experience.
7: Okay. Hey, um, when I was 18, I went on holiday and um, I wore shorts and um, a lot of people took the mick out of me uh, for my legs. So I haven't worn shorts in public ever since. Um, so what I'm trying to say is I feel God has given me the courage to stand up here today in shorts. Um, so anyway, getting, getting back to it. Um, I haven't been brought up in religion as a child um, or through my teenage years. Um, to be honest with you, my life's been pretty terrible for the last 10 years. Not not due to work or family. Um, I've just felt like I don't belong in society. Um, I've really struggled with things that go on in the world. Um, trying to come to terms with everything. And felt like there's this real big burden on my shoulders. Um, I don't know what to say. Um... So I, I I started a new business a couple of years ago, and I thought that would be my answer to to certain things, and it wasn't. Um, and I felt like I needed to reach out and tell people how I felt for once, rather than I think sometimes as a man you feel like you have to keep everything inside, and you can't show how you feel or your emotions or feel that you or show that you're struggling. Um, so I posted a thing on Facebook, and Gav was the only person that reached out to me um, and invited me around his house. And I was driving there and I knew that Gav came to church and I was, and I was hoping um, that he would invite me to come because I felt I needed, I needed something else in my life. Um, so I went round his and him and Jane prayed for me um, and I drove away from there and, and it just felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. Um, and then he invited me to come to church and to be honest with you, I made an excuse not to come the first time. Because um, I didn't think I'd fit in. Um, then I came, and I sat, and I and I listened, and I watched, and and I enjoyed what I was seeing, listening to Samuel, um, Ken, Giuseppe um, talking about God and and the passion that they showed. Um, and then I'd done the Alpha course, and I had the experience with the Holy Spirit. Um, so I've got basically I've gone from from laying in bed at three o'clock in the morning, dreading to go into work, dreading getting up in the mornings, dreading the day, just wanting to be on my own, and then feeling guilty because I've got a, such a lovely daughter and um, partner and my dog at home, and knowing that there's other people worse off than me, but feeling the way I felt and can not understand how I felt the way I felt, and coming to church has completely changed it for me. Um, I, just, I just don't... I don't feel like I'm walking alone anymore. I feel like he's there and he's encouraging me. I would never have done this six months ago um, to, to just go on in life and, and grasp life and that he'll be there and he'll look out for me. So that, that's it basically. Anyway, thank you.
0: Wonderful. Isn't that amazing to hear stories of how God changes us? Yeah, it's just, I love it. Now, One last thing before we're going to get wet, right? We got a certificate for you and a small gift, a book from the church. Uh, So why don't you just come here? I'll give you your uh, certificates, and then we'll just take a picture together, and then we go outside.